I'm just curious how many of us are attempting to read through the first five books of the Old Testament as we go through this series. We've got a good group. Great. I'm here to encourage you. We're halfway through, if you're staying up to date, halfway through this at the end of this week. This is the pivot week. But I also have a warning for you. This is very likely the week, the most likely week, for you to give up. A lot of attempts to sail through the Bible, whether it's first five books, Old Testament, the whole thing, hit the rocks of Leviticus and never recover. <laughs> this could happen to you, so I'm here to give you a warning. Why is that? Well, I think part of it is what's not there. There's not a whole lot of action, very little action. It's a standstill book. Israel's at Mount Sinai, and God is talking to Moses and Aaron and talking to Moses and Aaron and talking to Moses and Aaron, and so it goes. What's there is even a little more troubling. It's just lots of detail about offerings and sacrifices and blood and laws that don't seem to make a whole lot of connection to a modern world. So what do we do with this? Well, many years ago, Rob Bell, a pastor and author, uh, decided to plant a church in the Grand Rapids area, Michigan. And in planting that church, he wanted to be sure that the people were there to really grow spiritually and not just coming for the entertainment. So he preached from the book of Leviticus for a year and a half. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We're not going to do that. That's not our plan. Our plan is to just spend this one Sunday introducing the week reading the book of Leviticus so we can do this. Why spend even this time in it? I would say because it's there. It's right there after Genesis and Exodus. In Genesis, we learn that God creates. He created the heaven and the earth. He related to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob with a loving, close relationship. The family went into Egypt and became the very nation that God redeemed, delivered out of Egypt. And then at Mount Sinai, at the end of Exodus, we learn that God dwelt. He tabernacled with his people. When we come to Leviticus, the question is, how do we maintain this relationship between a holy God and people who are not so holy? Friends, this this trip through the first three books of the Old Testament is really our story, too. We are created, every one of us, created in the image of God. We are the ones God relates to with love. Those of us who are Christians, trusting Christ, we've been rescued, redeemed, delivered by the work, the person and work of Jesus Christ. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are the temple or tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And we, too, have to deal with this question of how do we, as less than holy people, maintain a, an ongoing relationship with a holy God? How is that maintained? And I believe we get helps and suggestions and even commands from the book of Leviticus that apply to us. This is a book that makes sense for where we are. 
We too struggle with this because we're strapped with a sinful nature and we live surrounded by a sinful world. What can we learn from Leviticus? Well, maybe some of you have seen where speeches are analyzed by words that are used most often and words that are used less often. Have you seen that kind of graphic in magazines? It's kind of a neat way to see what was most important to the speaker. Well, in this case, we have a book where God's the primary speaker. What's most important to him? 400 times in 24 chapters, 16 times a chapter is the average, he uses the word offerings, sacrifice. This is at the heart of the book, the most common word in the book of Leviticus. So what do we do with this? We read in our text about how God invites these offerings to be brought to the tabernacle, to his presence, to be... uh, a lamb from the flock or a goat from the herd and, and one that is a male without defect, an animal that the, the offerer would lay his hand on the head or her hand on the head of that offering and then, and then slaughter that animal right there. And then to have the priest take the blood and splash it against the altar to have the priest take the body parts and lay them out on that fire, and then a smoke goes to the Lord, and it's pleasing to him. This offering is at the very heart of the book of Leviticus. The word priest shows up 200 times in the book. So somehow these people who manage the offerings are at the core of what God is teaching us. The people who took care of the offerings were of the tribe of Levi, therefore there is the title Leviticus. A hundred times or so, the word blood shows up. So we've got offerings offered by priests, things get pretty bloody. The blood seems to be a very important part of what God is doing and wanting us to understand in this text. This whole idea of offering and the priest and the blood was to point us in the direction of what is really important for us. You may, like me, say, well, this is getting really gross. I don't even know if I want to read. If this is your introduction, Paul, it's not exciting me a whole lot. I, when I'm giving blood, I look away. I don't want to see that precious element leave my system. When we go to the grocery store, we don't have to watch a slaughter. We just get these nice little neat packages of meat all wrapped up. And we're not used to all this. It's pretty gross, if not cruel, to animals. And yet in this ancient society, they could see all that cruelty. They could see that, that blood and gore, but they saw way much more. And that goes back to the third chapter of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, God provided clothing for them, skins of animals. Where did those skins come from? Animals lost their lives to clothe a sinful Adam and Eve. The very next chapter, Genesis 6, uh, their son, Abel, is bringing an offering from his flock to the Lord, and, and God was pleased, found it acceptable. And all the way through, we see that Israel is getting the idea that when we sin, 
someone is going to lose their life. Someone's blood is going to be shed. And yet, if I, and I put myself in the, the mind and heart of that Jewish believer, if I take this precious animal of mine, it's really a sacrifice. I need that animal. If I take this animal of mine to the tabernacle and I lay my hand on that animal, that animal is going to die in my place. His blood is going to be shed rather than mine, and, and I can go away with a sense not just of the penalty of sin, but I go away with a sense of God's forgiveness and things are right, God's pleased, and I'm, I'm back in right relationship with him. That's the hope of the Jewish believer in these Old Testament days. Then we have another word I want you to look at in here. It's the word holy, watch for it. It shows up a hundred times in the book. Many people consider it the theme of the book because God says again and again, be holy for I am holy. There are all kinds of laws to try to keep this holiness, which is not so much a, a moral description of someone, but the fact that we're set apart, we're made distinct by the way we behave, the way we eat. You'll find laws on important things like relationships, sexuality, immigrants. Watch for it. And right in the heart of it, out pops what Jesus considered half of the greatest commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. So somehow we can't just pass this whole book off. There may be parts that are hard to follow and apply, but watch for themes. Watch for ideas. God still wants his people to be holy. How are we going to do that? The other important word is atonement. You saw it in the text. It comes up 50 times in this book. Atonement. What are we talking about? God bringing two parties that have been at war, bringing them together. Again, holy God, sinful people. How do we bring them together? It's atonement. We bring peace where there's been war. We bring people who've been separated together. That's at one meant peace, the help that we can only get from God. We can't do it ourselves. We can't do it among ourselves. We need God's help, atonement. So let's bring this all together and conclude it. What does this have to do with us? I would like to suggest that all these themes, these big words we've looked at, point to Christ. He is the once-for-all offering sacrifice who shed his blood for us. You see, as the Jew look forward, we, we look back. He's the one to whom John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one who laid down his life as a ransom for many. Through his shed blood and sacrifice, we get to live. We're free. We're forgiven. These are the very gifts that are foretold in the actions of the offerings in the book of Leviticus. And he is not just the offering, he's the priest. The author of Hebrews reminds us he's our high priest who sympathizes with us. He's the one who does the offering himself. He's the only holy one who can make us holy, right, set apart as saints, as believers are called, we're sanctified 
through what Christ has done. He's the only one that has bridged the gap between holy God and sinful people in a way that gives us hope. He is the secret to atonement, atonement. And so it is that Jesus is the one the Jewish nation was looking forward to. They were in the shadow of the cross doing all these offerings. Just as we are in the shadow of the cross as we remember what Christ has done for us. He is that offering who took our place. He took on our sin and he gives us his righteousness in return. It's an amazing exchange. And for us this morning as we come to the table, we, we look back and say thank you. This isn't just gory and ugly and cruel. This is our salvation. This is something we're thankful for. As we come to the table, we're also going to bring our gifts. And maybe as we take the offering, we ought to be reflecting on just our own sin, getting right with God. If you've never trusted Christ for a right relationship with God, this is the day to do that. And you're welcome at this table. Otherwise, I encourage you to just think about, let's, let's maintain this relationship, looking back to that once-for-all offering of Christ for our sins. But let's take the offering as we do.